0: As this human bring information, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring revelation. Lord, I pray that the words that will come forth today will not come back void. Lord, I pray that it will transform lives. Lord, and your name, only your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I first of all want to say, where is Binkwe and Hobby? They're not here? Ah, okay. Ah, there's Hobby. Okay, I'll meet you guys later. I am sorry I missed the weather. I was at the airport, sat down for many hours, and cancelled. I don't cry anymore. <laughs> but anyway, it's. Wonderful To the family and to mommy and daddy, I have not given you a hug. I I will. I will. And to Agape House, thank you again for having me. Uh, It's... uh, I am always blessed. I am always blessed when I hear about you. And I know you guys just took your first mission trip as a church. Oh... Gloria a Dios. Yeah, Gloria a Dios. Ah, she's been around. Bendiciones. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't want me to start singing in Spanish now. I, every time I travel to do mission, it has been a blessing to me. I was actually telling your pastor yesterday that for all the travel that God has allowed me to do, I think the last time I counted was like 50 countries. I have been better for it, not, not the people I love the you know the people, but something it keeps me grounded and you know just looking at the word of god i, I don 't see scripture the, the same, so I, I want to encourage you. I know you guys have a lot more, maybe one of these days i 'll tag along in one of your trips and uh, and we 'll see or maybe you tag along with me, who knows uh, this morning. Uh, we are going to be doing an exe- exe- exegetical teaching. I don't know. I'm from Igbajo. I don't speak too much English. <laughs> uh, but in theology, they call it exegesis. Uh-huh. So basically, we're going to look at the words and, and look at it. Uh, so please open with me your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're going to look into verses 1 and verse 2. Verse 1 and 2, I'm supposed to see something flashing telling me, oh, there we go. So, verses 1 and verse 2. Paul said, this is Paul, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. I think I got a C5 in English. I think, long time ago, I don't remember. For those who don't even know what that means, when you are going to college, you have to pass English, and it ranges from A something to a, F. <laughs> so somewhere in the middle is what I got, I think. But I know that anytime you see the word for, it means something was before. That I know. So, Paul said, I urge you, therefore I urge you in view of God's mercy. So, Paul has been saying something to them before he got to this point. And then he said, now, based on what we've been talking about, here is the next step. The book of Romans was written when Paul was in Rome. Again, remember this is an exegetical teaching. So, after the third mission trip, Paul was accusing Jerusalem. Remember that? And Pontius Pilate and Festus and all these people wanted bribe from him. He didn't. They wanted to uh, uh, you know, slam the door on him and he appealed to Rome. Because God had already told him that he was going to testify for me in Rome. So, he appealed to Rome because he was a Roman citizen All his stay in Rome was either in jail or under house arrest. Either in jail or under house arrest. So this letter was written either in jail or under house arrest. But by this time, the church had grown since he has been there. He has been ministering to the church. And the church we have today, based on church history, is part of that. So while he was in Rome... He was talking to the Gentiles. A Gentile is somebody who is not a Jew, but has come to the knowledge of the Messiah, of Yeshua, a Mashiach. And he told them, he said, guys, let me be honest with you. Because of the cross, because of what Jesus did on the cross, that is why you can come or be grafted into the olive tree. That is one of the names of Jesus. Remember Jesus said, I am the true vine. So Paul is now saying them. the reason you as Gentile can come is not because of anything more than the mercies of God. The fact that he went to the cross for you. The fact that on the cross he shed his blood for you. The fact that you can now come boldly into the throne room. The fact that you now have kingdom power and authority because of what he did on the cross. He did so many things on the cross. If you are interested in knowing, it is just typing the word soteria in your Google or soteriology. It tells you it's called the complete work of Christ on the cross. So Paul said, now, taking into consideration everything Jesus did, I am now urging you, Christians, in Colonia, is it Colonia? Rosales. I'm not hudging you, Christians in Roselle, because this is your home, or in Linden, or in Piscataway, or in, let's call it New Jersey. Actually, since we have guests from Oregon, to offer your bodies as living. One of my friends, a pastor, he always said the problem with living sacrifice is that when you put them on the altar, when they see the knife coming, they jump up and run. <laughs> A dead sacrifice will just stay. is already dead. Basically, what Paul is saying here is we have to be dead. A sacrifice. Even though we're still living, but we have to be dead. So what does it mean to be dead? It's one of those questions that children ask you, how, where do baby come from? You know, one of those questions, and you scratch your head and say, I will get back to you. So how do you become a living sacrifice? Well, good question. In the Bible, there are three types of death. The Bible describes three types of death. To die means to separate. There is nothing final about death. I hope you know that. Nothing final about death. All the three types of death. I'll explain them to you now. Death means to separate. The first type of death the Bible describes is spiritual death. Spiritual death means your spirit is separated from God's spirit. When your spirit and God's spirit is not together, you are considered spiritually dead. Doesn't mean your spirit is not functioning. If it is not connected to God, that's why when you become born again, what happens is his spirit, now bear witness with my spirit. Jesus said, if you confess me, we will come and make our abode in you, Paul, earlier on, in Romans 8, said to this same church, he said, for now, his spirit bear witness with our spirit. Did there somebody get this? That is what born again means. The word born again simply means spiritual rebirth. Simple. That's number one. Number two, physical death. Physical death is when human spirit... And soul separate from human body. I hope some of you have read your, one of your pastor's book, I think it's GPS, where he describes the tripartite nature of human spirit, soul and body, found in first uh, thessalonians five23 At some point, our soul and spirit is going to separate from our this body. that is called physical. Death. Because this body you have right now is nothing but sand. You're going to get a new body. I hope you're excited about that. I am. You know, see, all of us want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Who said that? I think it was Bob Mali that said that. But Paul said to be absent from this body is to be before God. The third type of death which people don't talk about a lot, is dying to your sin nature. Dying to your sin nature. So let me explain that. So everybody born of a man and a woman were born with inherent sin nature. Did you know what I just said use the word inherent? That means you inherited sin nature. That's why Jesus was not born of a spam and an egg. Jesus was born with with the Holy Spirit and an egg. But anybody born of a man and a woman inherit a sin nature. Basically, what sin nature means is the ability to want to do what I want to do, not what God wants to do. The ability to be led by my feeling and my intellect, not what God wants me to do. So I always default to me, myself, and even when I am doing good. I have hung around philanthropists, people who give a lot of money. I've had breakfast with billionaires. Oh, yeah. When you make noise, when you make political noise, they, they want to use you. When I used to. See, what happened is this. Very, this is very simple. Nobody gives money for free. I hope you know that everybody who gives money, at least in this country, they have an agenda. Very few; those of us who are Christians are the one that Jesus said, "When you're left, I mean, where your right hand do, don't let your no, not in the not the philanthropists in this country. When they give you money, they expect a a return, and if there's no return," They go to another, so, but what they promote is how much money they are giving. They are not promoting the, the reason behind it. So, even in our goodness, we have a selfish motive. It's only when you do it when, because God says you should do it. I hope somebody is understanding it. So to die to ourselves, that's why Paul repeatedly said, Galatians 2:20, for now I am crucified with Christ. I am dead to Christ. It is no longer Femi that lives, but Christ that lives in, in me. I don't do what Femi wants to do. So when Allah does something I don't like, instead of Femi replying in French. I start to say, hallelujah, it is well with you. <laughs> Y'all know exactly what I'm saying. That is how to die to flesh. The Uber driver who brought me from LaGuardia yesterday, that's what we talked about. He's Muslim from Bangladesh. So He was asking me, since he knew I was in marriage, he was asking me how to do it. I said, I speak from marriage. So I decided to talk to him using Galatians 2.20 as a philosophy. He actually got the philosophy, and he told me, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to call you. The concept of dying to self. So Paul is saying, I want you to be a living. That means a human being who has chosen to die to sin nature. It's in Galatians 2.20. It's in Galatians 5.24. It's... In this verse that we're studying today, is everybody understanding this? When you make yourself a living sacrifice, you become holy, and everything you do becomes pleasing to God. Everything. Everything becomes pleasing to God. And when you start to do that, this is called worship. I'm not sure if I've shared this here. Oh, I think I did. I spoke to the youth, this same youth. You guys are building uh, some amazing youth. I remember the last time I was here. Amen. After service, I went to spend some time with them. Ah, Some of you parents came that day. And I was explaining to them that God sent us into this world that I know in the Bible to do two things. To worship and for our life to bring glory. Whatever, whether you are an engineer, accountant, doctor, whatever it is, you are to worship God and your life is to bring glory. When you become a living sacrifice, it becomes easy, easier to do your purpose here on earth. Now, what is worship? Worship is to give back to God everything that he has given you. Did you hear that simple definition? God has given you natural gift. He has given you gift from your nurturing based on the parents that raised you. He has given you gift spiritually. So when you give what he has given you back to him, to his glory, dedicated to him, you are worshipping. When you give God your intellect, when you use your intellect for his glory, you are worshipping. When you give him back the resources he has given you, you are worshipping. Whatever he has blessed you with and trust me he has blessed you with a lot you probably don't know but he has now he, he went further in verse 2 he said do not conform now that you are a living holy to god do not conform any word to the pattern of this world what does that mean what is the pattern of this world what am I not supposed to conform to? After the sin of Adam in the garden, Satan usurped the authority that God has given man and established another kingdom. Now, I'm not talking a kingdom in Saudi Arabia now, I'm talking spiritual kingdom. He established another kingdom. And all through the Bible, that kingdom is acknowledged. In Colossians, Paul wrote to them, Paul said, He who has brought you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Jesus acknowledged this kingdom when he said, You speak the language of your father. You speak the language of the kingdom of your father. What is that language? John 8.44, lies. That is the language of the kingdom of darkness. Lie. Anytime you lie, you are speaking a language. Jesus said, the prince of this world. Satan. So there is a kingdom, there is a spiritual kingdom of darkness where they have their own philosophy, where they have their own doctrines, where they have their own everything. Basically, that kingdom exists to negate God's kingdom. One of the things Jesus did on the cross that gave us this kingdom, power, and authority, and I like this verse here, is Jesus came to establish another spiritual kingdom. The job of John the Baptist was repent, for the kingdom of God is... When they asked Jesus about it, what did he say? Today, that is fulfilled in your, in your eyes, in your presence. Yeah. When they were going to kill him, they asked him, are you the king? He said, yeah, I am. And, they, and he said, no, my kingdom is not of this world. Remember, Pilate was saying, oh, if you are king, then where's your kingdom? And Jesus laughed. And said, I can release you. He said, trust me. You are not the one killing me. I'm the one die. It's a difference. It's a difference. I'm going so that I can establish a kingdom. When you believe and you confess Jesus Christ, you switch spiritual kingdom. That is what that means. You change from the kingdom of darkness, you come into the kingdom of light. That's how... Your kingdom come on earth. That's why when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he was teaching them how God's kingdom operates on earth. I, I'm ashamed to say to you that many in the church have interpreted that kingdom to be money, to be different things. But when you read Bible, Jesus said the Lord. Jesus said that kingdom is not here or there, that kingdom is in you. That kingdom is in you. Jesus said it's in you. That kingdom come inside you and mess you up. That is where the kingdom is. It comes because the Holy Spirit now comes. The Holy Spirit now walk in you. First of all, kill you. Uh, Now you are getting it, right? Or oh, because without a seed dying, it cannot, oh, see, now you are linking John 15 to it. You have to die first. He kills you. That's why I tell my guys in prison, when you leave prison, don't go out and start preaching. Because you are on fire. This is emotion. When you get out, go back, get trained, get whatever, and then go and tell your homies that Jesus did for you. Because if you go back to your homies and you ain't got no money in your pocket and your homies got a lot of money from, uh... oh boy, they'll draw you right in. <laughs> it's in you. It comes in you. It transforms you. You see, when you become born again, it happens in a nano second, But the process, but your brain is still full of crap. I'm sorry to say that. Maybe I shouldn't say that in church. But that is what happened. So this world, this is the world. The world has system. The world, Satan has hierarchy. We have read about that in the Bible. So really, everybody in this room, we are a product of, we belong to one kingdom. Either the kingdom of, or the kingdom of, To break this to you, just because you have been in church for 50 years, doesn't mean you are in the kingdom of light. And that's why Jesus said, I'm going to tell some of y'all, I don't know you. Demons, it's not you that they are listening to or that they are obeying. They are obeying the power, the kingdom power and authority behind the name you are using. I am a vessel. I am a vessel. Maybe a cute vessel. but No, just kidding. But what's making this vessel run is the treasure. If the treasure is not in this vessel, it's just going to be a just cute... It's him in you. It's the kingdom in you. That is the world. So there's a kingdom of... Darkness, and there's a kingdom of... Now, so you do not follow the pattern of this world, you now need to be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your... Okay, this is where we go to some biology class. Transform means to change. It's a continuous process. So... When you become born again, what happens? This is what happens. In your soul, you decide I am going to believe and confess Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit. You confess Jesus Christ come into your, into your heart. The Holy Spirit bear witness with your spirit. At that very moment, you become a kingdom citizen. You have the Holy Spirit, but your Thinking is still the same one from, oh, from your village. You're still the same one. You are not born again, but your mind is still the same. So, the Bible is now saying, be Christ-like, transform, and you do that by the renewing of your okay." So, I know there are physicians in this place. There are many people in the medical field. So, in your brain, just quickly, and you can go read this later, what constitutes your mind is in your brain. Your frontal lobe, neurons or neurotransmitters, and two organs, hippocampus and amygdala. Hippocampus is where you store all your intellectual information. Amygdala is where you store emotional information. When you want to make a decision, decision comes into your frontal lobe via your five senses. Everybody still following me in this biology 101 class? <laughs> 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 so, information come and say, what do we do? When wife nags, us, do we kiss wife or do we slap wife? You know, computer, nah, nah, nah. And then, if you have stored in your brain, that slap wife, guess what what information is going to go back? But if you have stored, hug wife, give her kiss, in spite of her... (laughs) Guess what's going to happen? That's what's going to happen. So it's what you have stored. So what Paul is saying now is renew. When you become born again, it's not going to take process to renew your mind. So the day of your marriage, when grandma says, Ah, my dear son, it is not everything that a man does that he shows a a woman. The reason God did not give women (laughs) Adam's apple is because they cannot keep eh?" (laughs) secrets. How many of you have heard that before? Uh, or, or you go to the woman and say, ah, hey, my daughter, hey, hmm, hmm. When you, if you need $200 from your husband, go to him and ask for $500. <laughs> <laughs> and when you finish, you take the rest, you put it there. <laughs> so those type of thinking, you start to... In, in in psychiatry or psychology they call it behavior modification in christianity we call it transformation by the renewing of your mind this is what paul is saying but you don't renew it with one culture over the other you renew it with the word that's why paul said it renew it of the word so every time you you learn something or whatever you've learned, you con- put it with this word. Then Paul said, now, after you have done that, because there comes a time in your life that you now become Christ-like, that your default thinking now is Christ-like. That is what is called spiritual maturity. The people we look up to, thats it doesn't mean they have gotten there, But they have gotten to the point where their default thinking is Christ-like. My Bangladeshi Uber driver asked me yesterday and said, does your wife still do the things you don't like? I look at him and I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? What planet do you live on? (laughs) Eh? I said, yes, she still do those things. And yes, I still do things that she doesn't like. But what changed is my thinking. When she raises her voice now, I don't think she's undermining me anymore. Now I know that that is who she is. Amen, I will preach it. (laughs) When you do that, Paul now said, then... Then, when your mind is not Christ like, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So, when you are now Christ like, there's those of you who are asking for promises of God, but it's your promise, is not there. God's promise. You're asking God for things that He's looking at you like, mm-hmm. if I give that to you, you'll be in serious <laughs> trouble. You know, when I started ministry, 2000, I went to the pastor of my church. I said, God has called me into ministry. I said, give me one Sunday to to preach, just one Sunday. And the guy looked at me and laughed. I said, no, (laughs) I was not happy with him. I was not, I'm telling you right now, he's my friend, but I was not happy with him. That what do you think? I come to this church, I do all these things, and you're telling me I can't preach? You know, today, I'm happy he didn't let me preach. (laughs) I'm serious. I am so happy he didn't let me preach. Even for the first one year of preaching, I used to write my joke. I used to say, when I get here, I say stop and <laughs> stop and say this joke. I am kidding you. Be careful what you ask. You might just get it. But when you have a heart of God, when you are Christ-like, your desires... The things you ask, the things you do, is now His will. It's not for you. It's not the things you ask for you now so that you can people can look at you and say you have a, arrived. You arrive the day you accept Jesus Christ. That's the day you arrive. You now, God's. You now test, so now, because of your mind is renewed, you now can test what is God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. I will close by telling you about the perfect will. You know in the Bible, there is a perfect will, like this verse just told us, and there is a permissive will, like it's in Matthew 18. If you read Matthew 18, I'm not sure what verse now, when they asked jesus about divorce and jesus said <laughs> in the beginning it was not so so his disciples said ah this thing you are telling us is uh, is difficult so then why did moses uh, tell us we can divorce and jesus said because of your moses permitted you because of your hardened you know what they were doing if you read history josephus they were killing the women that's what they were doing because there was no divorce. So they wait till she's on a menstrual uh, period and then she disappears. So the people were crying to Moses and Moses went to God. God said, let them divorce. But Jesus said in the beginning, that was not, that was not the perfect will. So it was a permissive will because of your hardened in heart, because of what you were doing. So instead of not divorcing, divorce now became very... Easy, just wait. Wait till her first five days of menstrual cycle and go to her and say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. <laughs> Something that you never able to do before now became two for uh, ten for one dollar <laughs> because of your harding heart, but that was not his perfect will. My brothers, my sisters, our journey. On Earth, as kingdom citizen is one where we rely on him. It's one where we understand the purpose of the cross. And because of that, we make ourselves living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice, we start to renew our mind. Johnny. Different journey process for each one of us. So it's not how long you've been in church. It's how quick you want to die to yourself and how quick you want to renew your mind. And then when you do that, then, then, your mind is now on him. Your mind is basically on everything he says. Then, your desires now become his. You can do his will. Every moment of your life, you are not bothered by what people say or what people don't say. That don't make any difference anymore in your life. Because right now, your life is about God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that... For as many who are here that don't even know you, they're have not even they not spiritually alive yet, even though they've been in church for so many years. Lord, we pray today will be the day of their salvation. Lord, for those who are already in, but they're struggling. They don't want to die to self. They don't want to become vulnerable. They do it for three months and then they go back. Because they think that husband or that wife will take advantage of them. Lord, I pray that you help each one of us die, especially to our sin nature. Lord, help us see that it is not the world, it is us in you. Help us, Lord, to be one who seeks your perfect will in our lives, in our marriage, in our home, in the ministry, in whatever we do. Thank you, Father.